0: Out of the 93 Best Picture winners, one must be crowned the bestest of the best. You're listening to The Quest for the Bestest from Backlog Banter. Your hosts are Timo Nelson, Tucker Hazel, Tanner Dykstra, and Abram Buner. You can find more of our content on YouTube and Twitter at Backlog Banter. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Quest for the Bestest. It's the podcast where us four backlog boys are trying to figure out what the very best best picture winner of all time is. And this week, we're talking about How Green Was My Valley? From 1941, directed by John Ford, someone you might've heard of, usually famous for Western films. But this one, not exactly a Western film at all. Maybe other than that it takes place in the Westernmost portion of the British Isle. But we're going to talk about it. We're going to get into all of the details about how green was my valley. Maybe try to answer that question um, posed there in the title. But first, got a little housekeeping to do because last week we left our decision. We abdicated the throne and um, gave it into the viewer's hands as to whether or not the shape of water would go above American beauty. And the votes have come in along with some interesting analysis. Um, Phil Wood, longtime commenter from long time ago, um, has reappeared. Yes, he has reappeared in our comments and did some math, did some analysis, and figured that in just about any way of calculating it, American Beauty wins. Um, and, and
1: that's then, enough for us.
0: And that's yep. enough for us, as well as we got some other people who decided that American Beauty should go on top. So the list as it stands now in number 10th place, American Beauty. And then at number 11th, the most recent film on the list, The Shape of Water with an average score of 9.0, just almost got into the top 10 of our list, which, but, Mm -hmm. you know, given it's quite long, number 11 is quite the feat. So if you missed that episode, I highly recommend going and checking it out. It's a good one. A recent movie, most people have at least some opinions about it, so you can uh, go and absorb ours. All right, I want to hear a featured comment from someone new this week. Tanner, you've got it ready to go,
2: right? Indeed I do. Speaking of opinions on the film, The, the Shape of Water, we have a, we have one from our classic friend of the show, John Tour 11, who says, This was a great year for Best Picture nominees, and I liked most of them. Same here. And I was very happy when this won. This is such a refreshing addition to the Best Picture winners. Rewatching it, it was great. It feel This feels like an exquisite art piece, and the whole film is very warm and feel good throughout. I agree with that as well. I do wish there was some more emotional punch to to it though. It, in the end, it, it just feels dot 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 <laughs> very good. I'd say eight point eight out of ten for this, and is below aver- And is below American Beauty, I'm afraid. And I can't argue with Phil Woods' arguments either. Nor yep. can most, nor can most, Phil Wood bringing out the facts and numbers. Oh, yeah. into the into the comments. Totally
1: owned us with epic facts and logic.
2: He, Absolutely, he did, and you know we welcome it. Uh, speaking of uh, speaking of owning us, I'd like to give a give a give a little uh, not a shout out, but uh we, we received an I received a comment uh, from from one Mister Art Bagley on an old episode uh, that I'm not going to read out because it's making fun of me. Uh, but to Mister Art Bagley, if you're watching, I say. My bad. I will familiarize myself with the entirety of world history before watching another film.
1: <laughs> well, you're gonna see Jackass forever tonight, so you better get
0: cracking. Oh no! <laughs> you're gonna really need that historical context for that one. Mm-hmm. All right, Tucker. I believe that a plot synopsis is in order before we get started, because this film, ah, yeah. Do you think it has like a standard three-act plot? I mean, what does it all fit in there? Um, it, with what is going on narratively
1: here. Yeah, it's interesting that I... Uh, it's usually Aero and I who does the featured comment, but this week I wanted to hand it off to Terry sure not only to spice it up a little bit, give him a chance to to shine in the radiant being that he is, but mm-hmm. also to give me a chance to give a plot synopsis of this film, because we kind of dropped off of doing a plot synopsis. It's probably been like half a year since we did yeah, it probably. a plot <laughs> synopsis. Uh, but I wanted to talk about this film's plot, and, or just give a little basis, because it's not one that I feel... A lot of people especially our age would be particularly familiar with you might have heard the name you've heard the name john ford but the story of *Hal green was my valley not something that is as iconic as the rest of that um so the story of *Hal green was my valley it follows the morgan family uh, particularly hugh morgan the youngest member of of the morgan clan who live in a small welsh village that is dominated by the coal industry and the coal industry starts taking over and they're not getting paid enough, and so unions are formed, and and some of the boys lose their jobs, and then the coal industry just keeps taking over more and more, and the kids leave, and the family splits up, and the little boy gets beat up, and uh, the, the, <laughs> everyone starts getting sick, and uh, and people die, and yeah, it gets hmm. it just goes downhill. Hmm. Uh, but the, but the idea is focusing on this family and how the the coal industry has impacted their lives, and then uh, the film ends.
0: I, that's you pretty much Joker. it, you know? I, I yeah. think that was a, that was a good, good description. You know, there's a lot of detail. The film's just about two hours long, and so yeah. you get into this the, the family drama and the family relationships centered around Hugh and the father at times. I think there's a, a bit of a mm-hmm. shift between who is the focus of the film, um, maybe about halfway through. But, yeah, that's uh, I thank you for that, Tucker. Now let's go around the horn. What did you guys think of that whole plot and the whole film as a whole?
2: Uh, Tucker, I don't blame you for sort of uh, petering out with your plot synopsis at the end because this film sort of does peter out. I feel like we we start off fairly interesting. We have like, like Tucker said, a coal a, t- a town in Wales dominated by the coal industry. They are underpaying their workers, so the younger lads of the Morgan family try to establish a union. Their father is against said union, and uh, that, uh, it seems like a very interesting setup premise for a film, but then it doesn't really follow any one particular plot line. It instead goes for a scattershot sort of approach in uh, 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 giving us a sort of uh, a, a, a plethora of uh, little, little vignettes from the Morgan family uh, scrapbook, uh, a little history of what happens <laughs> sure. in, uh, I don't know, maybe a year-ish, a couple months, half a year, I don't know, who's to say? And uh, I don't think it works, quite frankly. Uh, I think this film really has a lack of focus. Uh, if we, if I can really relate it to a recent film, one that we might be talking about once we get into this year's Best Picture nominees, uh, I, I relate it to the film *Licorice Pizza*, which is a yeah. film that doesn't have a hardline plot. It is a lot of little vignettes starring all the all these characters. Um, but at least in that film, I like the 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 main leads are charismatic enough to carry me through all these little stories. That's not the case here the uh, whoever who the kid who plays Hugh, Tucker, do you have his name there? Yeah, his name is Roddy McDowell. Roddy McDowell is fine, he's cute sometimes, he's annoying others. He's about as about as good as I can ask for of a for a child era child actor of this era. But yeah, he's just he, no one in this movie exactly has the charisma. Not even Walter Pigeon has the charisma to carry this film through its sort of meandering focusless story. Aben Beener. I, should,
3: I don't think it comes as any great surprise that I did not like how green was my valley. Um, to me this felt like just under 2 hours of like the inciting incident for a Charles Dickens novel. B- because it's it's sort of it's a lot of context. It's here is the to town, here are the people, but there are so many people. We don't really have anybody to latch on to, but we have a lot of a lot of childhood trauma. Oh, I fell into a, into a river and now I can't walk for many months. Oh, I'm getting beat up at school. Oh, my dad died in the coal mine. It feels, it really feels like I'm beginning to read Oliver Twist and there's 500 more pages of book after it. But actually there isn't because the movie just ends. I agree with Tanner completely. The movie is meandering and I think it's also completely unrelatable. Not, not just mm. because I'm not a, a young Welsh boy living in a, in a mining town, but because I do not think that there are any characters here to latch on to. There are, there are many characters in this movie, but I don't think any of them are particularly compelling to the point where I had a, an, an anchor for how green was my valley. Instead, I was kind of fighting for my life to stay awake for the two hours of the film, to which end I actually did not. Uh, so I think I had to rewind at one point. <laughs> but I was not a fan of this film, really, at all.
1: Yeah. Okay. I think this film is totally serviceable. In my eyes, it is the epitome, not in terms of quality, but in terms of g- genericness of Hollywood cinema, of slice-of-life storytelling, of let's let's communicate some family values to our audience. It, it does service all those roles, and it's got the, the cinematography and the... the pacing and all this that makes it feel like from this era it's very of the era and for for better and for worse i do think it is it is pretty unique in comparison to the rest of the best pictures winners we've gotten um which is a good and a bad thing i i don't necessarily think i would have given this film the highest award of the year if i had gotten the chance um but i i i have a lot of respect for it and i find it fascinating but i really didn't find it that interesting of course you guys bring up the points of that the characters being not, not very well established. Like, they they are the, the son and the dad and the mom and the priest, but they're not much more than that. And the context they're put in is interesting enough, but it's hard to ground yourself in the drama of this story when the characters aren't very unique. Um, I think it's got some good qualities, but on the whole, it just falls apart because it doesn't have anything to latch onto in the middle.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> for me... The film, you know, we talk about the the character, the, like, having this, the individual characters and, and them working or not for you. For me, I kind of view it as, like, the whole, I, I look at it as a more, not in, like, in a more holistic view, I guess, in terms of the film, to me, is about the valley and about the town. And we sure. have the individual characters that play the the bit parts in that. But at large, it's about this whole, what is this community like through the lens of, of one family? And while, I, you know, I like slice-of-life films, and I think that there are elements of of that genre reflected in here, there are storylines that I do find a lot more compelling than others in the film. I think the whole idea of what's going on with the mind, what's, you know, oh, the dad is yeah. like, oh, he hates socialism, and even the thought of unionizing is really, like, against him, even... When to the
1: point where four or five of your twenty-plus-year-old sons are are <laughs> saying, "No, Dad, maybe this isn't a good idea." And you're like, "Hey, you know what? Just get out of the house. You know, no big deal. Just leave and never see me again." Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that there are are
0: certain plot lines in the film that I would have really liked to dive into and really see how that yeah. plays out in the interactions in the family, in the interactions of the of the village. And there are other plot lines like this, like um, his sickness that are less compelling, like Abram mm-hmm. says, really does feel like a Dickens thing, like especially when he's like, oh, I'm reading my books in the windowsill for a year. <laughs> and he literally <laughs>
1: plays with a couple little birds that land uh-huh. on his windowsill, yeah. He
0: turns into Snow White. <laughs> Those are the elements where I think the film is weaker. And so, by and large, I'm kind of in the middle on it. There are elements that I like, and there are elements that I don't like. Yeah.
2: And yeah. I
1: think, I think really for me, what it comes down to, I'm pulling... from all of us, and we're kind of all in the same place by and large. I think the problem is not that there isn't the potential for an interesting story here. A mining town, unionization, a romance, a a troubled childhood, these could be interesting stories, but because it is unfocused on the whole, and as Timo said, sort of tries to give you a general concept of the dynamic of this town, none of the plot lines are really pulled through all the way. The, The union thing kind of dissipates. Uh, as as you it, focus it, on Hugh's sickness it's kind Hugh's of like solved just, in the background sort of exactly even? yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. That's and, the issue. and then the other more more interesting plot the the romance between uh uh Angharad uh and uh uh Mr. Griffith mm-hmm. uh it could be a totally serviceable romance plot but that's also backgrounded as Angharad marries someone else and is moved away and that drama isn't really rekindled the, these interesting Po- these possibly interesting storylines are dropped in favor of another one that is sometimes less interesting, sometimes more interesting, but always inconsistent.
2: Yeah. Uh, I think uh, what I'd like to start start out. I like to start out a bit more positive and talking and talk about the threads of the story, the the pieces of this uh mosaic that the that the film tries to paint. Uh, that I liked it, but the ones that I liked the most, and those are of course the ones that it starts out on. Uh, the Union story I thought was very interesting and really set a, a bar that I thought this movie was going to live up to. That it slowly creeped away from, um. But yeah, I like the tension between. Uh, the how how many Morgan brothers are there? Tucker and I were talking about it. It, it, it fluctuated anywhere from like four to twelve. I think there are only like four or five of them, inclu- not including Hugh.
1: Yeah, so um, he here are
2: five. It's of Hugh.
1: Them. He has a sister
2: and five brothers. Okay, uh, but so yeah, the, the big ass Welsh family. Exactly. The whole tension between the brothers and the father and them getting kicked out and the father being stuck in his old ways of, you know, socialism is the devil's work, so say I. And then the the, the boys have to gather this uh, town meeting on the hill and their mother shows up and says, you know, all you guys that, uh, oh, because the town basically turns against the father Morgan as well, because mm-hmm. he's like the only member of the community that's sitting out of this union. And uh, I thought that th- thought that was a interesting thing that unfortunately does get dropped again. Yeah. But.
3: Yeah, because I don't. I, I think that it it more sets the tenor for a film that we don't end up watching really. Right. Mm. Right. B- because it, it's not clear that this is going to become one plot thread. It 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 seems obvious that this is the movie, and I think it mm. is the interesting narrative to tell, especially in the context of a town that seems to very much view child labor in a coal mine is idyllic it, it, it yeah, seems to like, a certain extent yeah it seems like there's more to unpack there about the the culture of work and then the culture of these values that are considered to be socialist with, with the unionization and when those tensions come to a head i agree i think the film is quite compelling but i think they mm-hmm. come to a head like three times and it's within the first hour of the film before we transition into it being a coming of age story for yeah. Hugh or something and because of that it does feel like we're we're seeing sure many facets of the valley as as a as a place opposed to just a study on a character or a theme but it doesn't feel like a very complete one it feels mm. like we shifted from one track to the other and the other isn't quite as compelling as the former yeah,
0: yeah I think that part of part of that is moving into Hugh as our main character because Hugh as like as as a little boy really doesn't he doesn't have like as much to do in the film as the father does the father you know it, it's never mm. really said anywhere in the film but i get the feeling that he is not just the patriarch of his family but almost of the whole village like he yeah. is kind of highly respected member of the yes of the yeah one of the the upstanding members of society and mm. people look to him just like us just like us yeah exactly People look to him for their, for their guidance, and so then when the story kind of takes this other direction and goes into looking at Hugh's life and Hugh in, I guess, realizing and, and seeing the valley turn away from being green, which is, I guess, the central thematic idea and, like, thematic mm. plot of the film, yeah. it, it is less interesting, I think, because, uh, like, simultaneously, like, more stuff happens but it's not i don't know it's like feels like less things happen when Hugh is like the <laughs> focus of the film
1: yeah yeah it's interesting that he becomes the focus because i personally see almost the entire film as the focus on him uh his his father has a few good moments with the family and relation to the community and and um mr griffith also has a couple good moments like they're kind of a trifecta but Hugh is de- is for me obviously the focal point because well, we're in our mindset as the movie starts that, okay, this is going to be about unionization. It's going to be about it's going to work and, and the, the problems of capitalism and stuff like that. Mm. Obviously, that's not played out. That's not the movie we get. And what instead is focusing on the theme of of innocence and the loss of innocence and, and family and these sort of generalized topics that are supposed to give us a moral to latch on to and, and see hope in a better day. But but you're right that Hugh kind of... He, He's a lot like Oliver Twist in, in Oliver, <gasps> which you watched earlier. Oh. He He's a football to be passed around. He doesn't have a lot mm. of agency in his own story. And of course, he's a he's a kid. It's tough to give him real agency in this. And while I do find the idea of him being sort of the hope for his family because he's going to be educated, but then he's been so indoctrinated by his community to want the values of hard work and being in the coal because that's what everyone in his family did, that that plot line isn't given enough unpacking and like drama to feel like it lives up to the possibility of the unionization and coal mining and industry storyline. Like I think there's another telling of this where Hugh is the main character still. And you're able to get a really heartfelt and, and impactful drama about child labor and about him losing this innocence. But then his father dies and the movie ends. And that seems like the, crisis point the two-thirds of the way through a film like there mm. should be more here that gives us time to learn more about how this is impacting q but we don't and it ends on a hopeful thing like a montage of his family members skipping around the field it's like <laughs> wait hold on this doesn't necessarily track with the with the theme that you've set up and it really under- undercuts the the value of the story that you were building
0: I think that last bit is like a retrospective. He's like, oh, like, exactly. oh, I have to work in the coal mines now. Oh, wasn't it so great when we could just walk around the hills? And that's at least yeah. how I saw the ending bit there.
3: I think I think that the problem is, for, Hugh is boring and stupid, and he doesn't do anything fun, <laughs> other than when he gets into a boxing match, which I thought was kind of cool. But the, the problem it, with, with Hugh is that we have to cut back to who, whatever the hell woman we were talking about before mr griffith for
1: their plot line of some consequence Unharad right is his horrid yeah man mm-hmm. who marries don't... the son of the owner of the coal mine and then right. moves to south america or whatever and then no, comes south back Africa. and there's a big
0: house. Wrong, oh I, wrong a, a
3: continent dude
0: mm-hmm.
1: sorry
3: the problem <laughs> south is Africa's that not a we have to juggle all of this other shit in the background because i actually think that the plot begins to catch up with its own momentum a little bit more when Hugh decides, you know what? Actually I'm going to not be a doctor. I'm not gonna mm-hmm. I'm not gonna be Dr. Morgan. I am gonna go to the coal mines. Um and then there's a tension with the father right there of God damn it, my son almost made it
1: out, but this town mm-hmm, yeah. is kinda keeping him trapped. But that's never really unpacked. And his mother.
2: That's yes. an interesting
1: thing. His yeah, mom yeah. being yeah. very opposite of what the dad that I want him to be educated. And his mom's like, no, this is ridiculous. Uh, his uh, holes in bathtubs and arithmetic. That's Man, ridiculous. Math stupid.
2: My Chased son is getting Mrs. Gr- base, base which Mrs. Morgan. <laughs> yeah, amen, she wants, amen.
3: She wants the boys at home because they're trying to, you know, draw on the map. Here's where your mm-hmm. sons are. She's like, no, my sons are here. They're home. I don't need a map to see that, right? But there's no time to deal with any of this stuff because we had to, we had to go to school and have boxing matches and we had to have some kind of unrequited love triangle with a preacher. We had to do all of this stuff, right? Because I do think the film actually, like I said, picks back up and then ends very suddenly. Yeah. Even more suddenly for me because I slept through about 20 minutes of it and woke up to yet another mine explosion, which I had to then do a little bit of <laughs> catching up to. But it, it is a weirdly paced film because I do not think that it's, its idea of analyzing the town as a collective is as useful as analyzing the town through the lens of Hugh, which yeah. is what the yes. film should have done.
2: I think what we can tie this issue back to, if I can sort of make a hip- hypothesis here, is the fact that this film is based on a novel by Richard Llewellyn, I believe is how you pronounce that last name. Uh, mm-hmm. And I can definitely see how this multifaceted, sort of all-encompassing... We we spend a couple chapters with Hugh, and we spend a couple chapters with uh, Angharad and, and Mr. Griffith, and we spend a couple chapters with the Union Boys and stuff like that. I can see how that would work out if in a 800-page novel or something yeah. like that. But what you're doing... It, the, the, writing a novel and writing a film are very different uh and I I I feel like they sort of missed a cue by trying to fit all trying trying to get all those notes into this film adaptation when they really just should have nailed down one solid narrative to follow
0: talking thinking about the 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 and at a, I didn't actually know that the film was um, adapted from a book but i did have my suspicions because the film opens and there's a lot of voiceover in the first part there's not really that many mm-hmm. lines of dialogue in the first third of the film it feels yep. like and there's a lot a lot of voiceover coming from uh seemingly adult hue and so i was yes. like i was like oh okay i bet this is based on a book because how do you bring in these like florid like like very fancy turn of phrase in a film that is is that comes traditionally from books without doing it in voiceover. And so I was like, okay, that's going on. And I didn't hate the voiceover. I was like, okay, this is kind of... That's fine. Yeah. I mean, there there are plenty of examples of bad voiceover, and I don't think that this was one of them.
2: Yeah. Um, another aspect, I I, I I said I wanted to bring up my my two favorite sort of uh, parts of this movie. I, I I also like the the boxing bit at the school. I think that's probably the most engaging. The the yeah. I love that they do the it's old timey. Stance, yeah. I love they do the old timey boxing stance. But yeah, I, I think it is probably the most uh, engaging part of the coming of age story because you have you know uh, Hughes. Rivalry with this boy in his class, and also the teacher, and he has a maybe a love interest in the girl in his class. I'm sure that might be fleshed out more in the book, but she like gives him a handkerchief to bite at all
1: to bite down on the, the girl gives him that the handkerchief to bite I, down I on. i know i'm aware but I, I i remember that but i didn't see that as a romance thing more as one of his classmates taking some sort of pity on him
2: well i, I think or there, there's also the thing earlier when he first shows up to class that uh she sort of like looks back at the boy that that's teasing him so i thought that was a planting a seed of something which is a lot of what this film does it seems like Tenor. it's planting a seed of something and then it doesn't go anywhere
3: Tanner, boys and girls can help each other avoid systemic physical abuse without being in a relationship,
2: Tanner. Well, not in a movie they <laughs> can't. Not in a movie they can't. Um, I'm also like eight, so I don't know. Oh, I, don't wanna, oh, I don't wanna I don't wanna presume cute.
1: romantic interest for eight it's, girls. It,
2: it's cute, it's fine. Uh, but what I was going to say was, oh, uh, what's his? By Dondo, I'm pretty, sure, <laughs> I'm pretty sure his name is. He's my favorite character in the whole film. Just this like blisteringly uh, Welsh guy who shows up from across the street, and he's like, oh yeah, I'll teach you how to fight, boy. And he's and he has his his bearded friend with him, who's like, we'll take some tea. Or the the boy's trading. He can't have tea. <laughs> And uh, they they show up to beat up the teacher with shakalaka. Oh, fun. that's a really guys, funny scene. That was you guys really, really funny. Mess that
1: guy up. <laughs> he's on the ground, and he's sprawled like, out. His head is like up against the wall. It's like, it looks like serious brain I thought, damage. I thought they
2: immediately killed him. With, the, the, the with way one his, punch. The way his neck was positioned on that wall, I, I turned to duck and I'm like, holy shit, he's dead. Uh, but no, it, it turns out to be, it's a funny little sequence. They don't kill him, they just beat him up severely in, bunch of, in front of a bunch of children, who he abused, so I'd say he deserves it. That is What's that is a good scene, I think. Yeah, I do What's like that What's interesting
3: about that, Tanner, and it actually ties into what Timo was saying before, is, is when the narration began, my assumption was that we're going to be spending maybe a third of the film's runtime with child Hugh, and then yeah. we're going to see adult Hugh Mm-hmm. Off in America or wherever, and then he comes back to the valley, right? Yeah, and we see the effects of uh, of either the union's existence or lack of existence, the way mm-hmm. that's changed the culture or whatever. Because the, the the sort of narrative frame at the beginning implies a retrospection that we never get because he right. never gets older. <laughs> no, and so even when we're getting into like the the educational stuff, is like, oh, okay. So we're not going to be with adult Hugh for a long time, but we're setting the stage of how he ended up diverging from his family. Yes. Mm-hmm. Of course, it doesn't happen either. And again, yeah, it probably does happen in the book. But the, the thing about an adaptation is that if you want to do it correctly, I think you got to do uh, what Cary Fukunaga did, the director of, of 2021's second best film, No Time to Die, in uh. his adaptation of, of Jane Eyre, which is take this sprawling text and find your own avenue into it. Tell a narrative that can feel complete within a, within a thematic runtime. Yeah, exactly. And become a complementary work to sure. the text. The ways that the best film of 2021, Dune, did. Right? Mm-hmm. And I just don't feel like, like this really navigated that at all. It ends up feeling like, yeah, this is the first half of a film. But it's not. It's the whole film.
0: Well, uh,
2: yeah. Funny enough that you say that because the uh the first bit of trivia that I have here is that uh, uh Tucker, can you remind me of the of the producer's name? I I, I didn't have this oh. his name written down here. Uh, Zanek. Yeah, Daryl F. Zanek. Yeah. Uh, intended this movie to be a four-hour epic, a la Gone with the Wind. Yeah. So, and, and
1: it might have honestly worked more for the presumed the story, story yeah. that exists in the book. Yeah. Obviously, none of us have read it, so we can't confirm nor deny if that actually is, is the case. The book, Although I do know the yeah. that there are multiple book sequels? This really? Is a, this, is a, this is a franchise. <laughs> oh, I'm not a I'm not saga. joking. I, I saw that in passing on, on a... Because yeah, I actually sure. opened the a book Wikipedia page instead mm-hmm. of the film. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, it's really interesting that we're talking about all these things and the plot points that aren't really dropped and sort of the pervasive... Tone of this film and why I do think that it is still pretty revered. A lot of people really like this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, is because it is it is a very charming film. It has its own specific tone of relaxed nature and meandering and introducing things and letting them fade away. That I can I can see working for people and I and I so I don't necessarily want to tear the film completely asunder right. because I yeah. do recognize that aspect. Um, though though those charming moments and the tone of of Welsh miners singing their songs as they're heading to the mines and bathing together and all that kind of stuff is is fun, but because it isn't grounded in more compelling characters and a more compelling core narrative, it's hard to say that that charming tone pulls the film along all by itself.
0: Yeah, the the, the I, charm I, is is kind of frill-ish on the outside of of like the core or the cabinet. If you're gonna, you know, the little doily um, things you hang on your cabinets. That's what it all comes. No, of, I'm
1: sorry, I don't I I don't hang doilies on my cabinet, Timo. I'm not 85. <laughs> if you no, a but, real fan, if you were a real fan of how green was my valley, you, you
2: would be 85 and you would hang doilies yeah, you on your cabinet. You would cabinets. be 80. Uh,
0: but, it, I, I, but I but what I was saying up. was just oh, like it's all just it's it's this kind of external stuff. And I like I like all the Welshisms. Maybe if they're not like mm, I don't think they're super accurate, but like they speak in in weird not exactly like standard English turn of phrase and they all have their singing thing and they sing and it sounds nice in the film. So those when the
1: mom tells his husband, her husband to go and scratch boy. she (laughs) says that like four (laughs) times. Interesting (laughs) phrase. They're also ending all their sentences with, uh, is it, or it is one of the two. And it's like, okay, what does that actually translate to? Like, is that kind of an in it thing for modern British speak? (laughs) Like it's hard to tell, but it does give it its own Mm -hmm. flavor because they're, they're not speaking like we do, and then you know yeah. what? That has got a charm to it.
2: In a different universe, we have uh, the streamer Tommy. Is it? That's a really specific reference. Yeah. yeah, it'll really land with the with the with the demographic of Quest for the Bestest. Sorry, mm-hmm. to all, st- sorry to all of our uh, less Twitch streamer inclined uh, watchers. Sorry to everybody watching this. How green is my value review over the age of nine? <laughs> <laughs>
1: God, but I think really the the point I was trying to make when I brought that up is that I, I I know that this film is revered, and frankly, I have a tough time really pinning down why, other than this is something that people grew up with. They were more adapted to this kind of storytelling that wasn't as laser focused. It's very antithetical to modern filmmaking and storytelling, mm. and it, it makes it kind of hard to grab onto for us. But as I was watch, I was watched a bunch of How Games My Value reviews in the last huh. twenty four hours, and. I have never seen such fervent comics se- comment sections of people oh, just tearing people asunder for not liking how Green was our, va- our value itself is, so,
2: is that a sign for things to come in the comment section of this video? Could be. Oh, and if and if you're my. one of those people
1: and watching this, I really hope that our uh, retrospective been a little more, you know, nailed down with, with uh-huh. themes and characters and plot progression and stuff like that. But uh, at least comment. Give us the views. I would like, I would love to wake up and have this have like yeah. 64,000 views. Negative comments
2: still still count for engagement, so leave yeah. them if you here's, want. Um, here's my thing. Okay, go ahead. I don't ahead, really
3: go. care if his movies are viewed because I still think it's boring. And this is kind of the <laughs> thing we've been... I feel like I've been beating around personally. It's like... Sure. I just think that the film is not very cohesive. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really find it antithetical to any kind of like modern lens into a narrative like this. I just find it to be not a particularly well-constructed film, frankly. Mm-hmm. Because... Again, I don't think. Going back to what Timo said centrally, if the vill- if the, if the valley is the character, I feel like I don't know the valley very well, mm. and I also don't feel like I know the characters very well. Because if you gave me a lineup of all these people, I could pin Hugh and I could pin Griffith and I could pin the dad and the mom, but it just feels like it's just this intermingling of people, but not really feels effective. And D-
1: David and, uh, and who's Bronwyn? the one
2: What about the really tall one? What's his name? <laughs> He's well, got see, the it, one really tall brother. Yeah, this is the problem. Like there, there are two
3: character deaths at the hands of a mine, mm-hmm. but that doesn't end up. It's like, oh, Ivor is dead, so now Hugh ha- is gonna go got be creepy to Bronwyn <laughs> again. It's like, yeah. I just they're, they're they're trying to make this web of characters in a town, but it's not effective. Yeah. I, I think about. I'm a big Gilmore Girls fan. This is a true fact about me.
2: My my yeah. girlfriend was just watching that this afternoon.
3: And I think the strength of a show like that is the, is the location of Stars Hollow, and you get a feel for the town, but you get a feel for the town for the people that live in it, right? Mm-hmm. But everyone there is—they have a niche. When they show up, you 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 remember them. Mm-hmm. So when, what? Who is the bo- by by by? One of the one
2: of them is Sean Gunn in Gilmore yeah, Girls. <laughs> that's that's a true fact. But what's <laughs> who's a boxer by did, Didio? Oh, by by Dondo, I think. By, by Dondo. By Dondo, he
3: I don't remember the name, but I don't remember anyone's name, so that's not a knock against him, but that is a memorable character. So is his <laughs> friend who who doesn't want to go down in the mine to find Mr. Morgan because <laughs> he's a coward, but he'll hold the jacket. I'll like, hold your coat. These are good moments, and even the more serious moments, like bringing back um, Hugh after school, and the brothers mm-hmm. being like, we will go literally fucking kill this guy if you want oh, yeah, to. Oh yeah, that like, was great. I like melt that. the yeah. flesh off his bone or something like oh, insanely yeah. <laughs> violent. When we establish these characters in the town and we see the miners walking back and they're all singing their songs and everyone's going up and they're getting their, they're getting their money as though it's in The Force Awakens you get your three quarters portions <laughs> here's your two and two thirds portions mm-hmm. but that's so, that, that is trapped in this movie where nobody is recognizable outside of these key moments and I just yeah, think mm-hmm. that that is a yes. major storytelling flaw.
2: Sure. Yeah, i i can definitely I can definitely see that. I certainly agree. I think I think I'm just really glomming onto these these portions of the film that I I quite frankly quite enjoyed, like the boxing thing, like the union thing, and I really wish they had been brought up further. And when I look back, I'll probably remember them fondly and not much else about this film because that's just how it goes. But one thing I did want to bring out that that might <gasps> That might uh, contribute to this film, film being being well remembered is the direction and the cinematography because I think uh, you're stealing my point, Tanner. You're stealing oh, my point. I was just about uh, to bring that up, but yeah, go, uh, do, do you talk know, about. about it. I, don't, I don't have a lot of detail to go into here, but I think this film has a number of very good looking shots. There's one at the very beginning that's sort of. Uh, I think it's hue is on like this very. It's it's like a it's like an 85 degree angle hill. He's like standing on and he's backlit and there's like, there's beautiful lush green gla- grass i assume this film's in black and white i assume it's lush, lush and green. gray grass uh and like him and his sister are how like gray sing- was my value <laughs> it's like <laughs> they were singing their voices back uh, their names back and forth to each other that was a good shot um anytime that they show like the sloping uh town that goes all the way up to the coal mine that's billowing black smoke yeah th- th- sky- by the way entire thing is a set
1: Built in yeah. California, they could yeah, yeah. not film on location in Wales because no. uh, there was a war happening. Uh oh, hey. so I've heard of that. <laughs> they they couldn't get over there. So they just built a Welsh village in California, and it looks it looked great. That's a yeah. phenomenal set. Uh, I'll,
2: yeah, uh, team, I'll hand it over to you in a second. But I do have a quick bit of trivia since Tucker brought up the production. Uh, it took 150 builders six months to construct Ooh. that that set.
1: That is some the village classical. of a name that's really hard to pronounce and isn't spelled the way that. Yeah, it sounds none of like. us
2: have attempted it for a reason. Timo, go ahead though.
0: Go yeah, forward. I was, I, you know, John Ford, famously a filmmaker who will refuse. John Ford will never talk about why he does anything in his films. He just, he's like, like, do not ask me about my movies. Screw you. Like, he hates to, uh, talking about that. To but this
1: day, to this, this day, day, he will, he like literally will not do out it. Out of them. <laughs> he's been pretty quiet lately I yeah, especially, yeah.
0: but I think that it's evident that he really knows what he's doing with the camera I think that there are so many shots where it's just it's this kind of you know this film's from 41 so it's still not super early in Hollywood like filmic language but I think that a lot of the techniques that are used in this film actually set precedent for like how you just make a movie John Ford there's the cameras are moving around, the sets are huge, and they move through them and they have the opportunity to just, you know, put he puts the camera wherever he wants. He puts the camera in a lot of impossible spots, um, where like logically like the camera could not fit, but it's there showing us this unique angle. And my
1: favorite one of those is the shot of Hugh pushing the minecart. Yeah. And yes. it's it's on the mine cart and traveling away and it's like oh, mm-hmm. oh man and and he's got all the grime on his face and the yeah. is glinting off the coal. Great shot. Great mm-hmm. shot. There yeah.
0: are there's this great photography down in the um in the mine and I think a lot of the stuff in the church is really nice. Yeah. This would be an amazing film in color though. I think this film would vastly improve by some color uh film process, but yeah. What can you do? Tucker, C'est lovey. You talked about the set and I really think the set is is well, it, it goes kind of in line with my thesis on the film that this because oh, the 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 valley is the valley and the village are like the central characters. It's yeah. it feels in in just the visual construction of it, not really you know in this in this story thematic lens, but in how it like appears on film, it feels very complete, very realized, very realistic. And every time that that the mine in the background is billowing smoke or is not when they're on strike, I think mm-hmm. that's like a, a I just love seeing that. I think that the the showing of the industrialization in like this idyllic place is a is like a non um, like a non narrative theme of the film. They don't really ever talk about it, mm. but it is visually conveyed quite a yeah. lot.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: sure. Abram, did you have anything to say about that? Otherwise, I'd like to roll into a little bit of trivia about what about what Timo and Tucker just talked about. I think this set's neat. Well, there oh, you neat. have it, folks. Neat. Um, the uh Timo you brought it up this this film would be great in black and or not in in not in black and white it would be great in color but they unfortunately could not do that because uh the flower they they decided to do it in black and white because the flowers are a different color in southern california as opposed to wales ah, that is that a, is what? an aspect Old mass of it reason.
0: yeah not going to lie. You know, it's I, classical I, I, Hollywood. You can hire people in this time to just
3: paint all the flowers the right
0: color. Individually,
1: <laughs> get all their hands and knees with a little brush. And they, paint would and the they would do that. They would do that. You could there do you that know.
3: back then. That just feels like such an unnecessary detail when, for me, now that you guys are like discussing the changes in dialogue for like original dialect, I really think this could take place just about anywhere because it has that old Hollywood quality of... Here's a story about like a foreign town, but just like it feels very Americanized in the ways that people look and talk by merit of being a film from 1940. So like, okay, the flowers look different. John, I think it's going to be all
1: right. You know, (laughs) I think we'll live. You guys built an entire village. I think that's enough work. You you can get away (laughs) with it being different, slightly different colored flowers. Uh, but yeah, um,
2: well, I, I, I had another piece of trivia about John Ford as a director here, Timo. I did not know about the thing that he would never uh, talk about there how, are, why, you, you or how l- he did things in his film. Fine. so
0: There are some interviews, like filmed interviews, where some intrepid film journalist, media journalist tries <laughs> to ask him. And he just will like, it's hilarious. He will deflect, he will
2: do anything but talk about his films. Uh, but there, another bit of John Ford trivia here. He apparently cut the, almost this entire film in camera. Uh, hmm. almost every shot he took wound up in the edited film and he rarely shot more than 3 takes of it, of the same scene wow interesting yeah. i mean this is Very early in his different style of
1: filmmaking yeah. early
0: in his career so he it's not like even though he did build a um a village i don't know the exact budget of the film but it it definitely uh, i saw it
1: as 8 i think it was 800,000
0: okay so that's yeah. some good money for 1941 so mm-hmm. he could have but you know if I'm on set and we're moving along doing three takes per
2: per shot, I'm happy. That's a good way to yeah. make a movie. Uh, but speaking of uh, John Ford, he did win Best Director for this film. Uh, going into the other wins and noms here, Donald Crisp won Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Tucker, do you know what character Donald Crisp yeah. played? Yeah,
1: he's, uh, he's Mr. Gwillem Morgan. He's the dad. Oh,
2: okay. He's the dad. Okay, great. Yeah. Uh, it also won Best Cinematography, Black and White. It won Best Interiors, or uh, Best Set direction for Black and White film. It was nominated for Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Sarah Allgood, who I assume is Hongrod. Beth Morgan. No, she's mom. Oh, she's mom. Okay. Oh, uh, mom. Okay. Uh, Maureen O'Hara
1: is Hongrod. Is, is
2: okay. Uh, well, she did not get nominated, but it was also nominated for Best Screenplay, Best Sound, Best Film Editing, and Best Score.
1: hmm And I want to clarify something a little bit so we don't get... Um, I'm actually in the comments. This was not early on in John Ford's oh, career. He'd okay. been a director for like twenty something years before this, oh. uh, but he, he continued to make films for another twenty. So that's you know it, it's it's it, there was a lot of it's time in left in his career, but, but it wasn't yeah. early in his career. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. Thanks for the correction, yeah. Tucker.
1: Um,
2: do you guys have anything else that you'd like to bring up about this film? You know the singing.
0: You 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 said that the um that it was nominated for best sound. I thought the singing. In a film that's of, of this time period, sometimes the sound is a little a little not great. Um, I thought mm. it was quite good. I thought the mixing of the film for uh, this age, um, not even for this age, I thought it was really well mixed and I just yeah. liked the quality. I don't know. This is sound nerd me coming out, but the, 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 mm. the analog tape quality of the choir, of, of the all men's choir is really nice. Very warm and contributed a lot to this homely feel And it was just one other unique item about the village that that characterized it a little bit more, even though, as Mm -hmm. we talked about, maybe not as enough.
2: Um, One last bit of trivia, because it is about the, the main character of the film, as we come to understand him, Hugh. Roddy McDowell had only been in the United States for two weeks before being cast in the lead role for this film. Uh, he had been evacuated from the UK with his mother and sister to keep out of uh, to keep out of harm's way when the blitz was happening. Wow. And
0: then how it worked out for him. And, yep. and and he would go on to star in other films, such as uh, one of the Planet of the Apes um sequels. Interesting. One of the original Planet of the Apes sequels, yeah.
1: Oh, sure. Yeah, believe it or not, Is he was not really? in like Rise of the Planet of the Apes.
0: <laughs> no, he was just not I I I'm mistaken. I just pulled it up. He's in many Planet of the Apes sequels because he was in the original he was cornelius one of the main apes in planet
2: of the apes yeah well how about that it's
0: a fucking um
2: yeah i mean i feel like we're gonna give this a score so i think i just like kind of sum this up to say uh that i think this is a a a well-made film in some respects but you know like like abram talked about the, the the writing of for the film really just doesn't match like uh, for a, a character narrative that we care about, like being Hugh, or if it's about the valley, we don't get a good sense of the valley. I think it is just sort of misguided in its writing, but is very well made in various other uh, various other uh, elements.
1: Yeah, regards. Thank you, Tony. And of course, the classic thing about how Green was my Valley is that it beats Citizen Kane for best picture. Yep. Uh, which is uh, which is just a fun bit of history. Do- doesn't mm-hmm. like, it means something? But I. I- I like Citizen Kane stuff. I definitely would wanted over Best Picture of this, but yeah, yeah. for sure, for well.
3: sure. But Citizen Kane is better than this, but neither. Are, uh, I don't know. Wow. I think <laughs> Citizen Kane is fine. Citizen Kane is fine. I get it. I get it. Orson. Yeah. It's, a, it's,
0: it's your like, first film ever, dude. Come on, man. Abram, Nobody which, expects which is, to win on their first time.
2: <laughs> Abram, which is better, Mank or Citizen Kane? The ultimate question. <laughs>
3: Here's my honest answer. I remember more of Mank, but I cannot in good conscience <laughs> say that that's, the, that's right.
2: <laughs> oh, I see. Okay. All right. All right.
0: All, all right, right, boys. Should we, Should we we meander our way back down the valley into ranking time? Yeah. Let's do it. Let's find out how uh, average score the valley is. Yes. Nice. As our final question, how green on this day is your valley's backlog, boys?
2: Hmm. I'd give give this. uh, Well, I I, I think my score will reflect how how green my valley is.
0: No, I'm not talking about the movie. I'm talking about your your place. You know your 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 being. Oh, my place in life. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well,
1: your valley. I'm gonna see Moonfall tonight. So I'm gonna see
2: Jackass Forever tonight and Moonfall tonight. I'm seeing both of them. Wow. Yeah. I'm gonna see West Side Story this weekend.
3: (gasps) Wow! 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 But but my my valley. To answer your question, Timo is covered in 30 inches of snow.
2: (laughs) Oh, ouch, ouch. Not very green. Let's give the film a score. All right. Timo derailed us with one of his classic (laughs) non sequiturs. (laughs) (laughs) All right.
0: Give us the score in three, two, one. Wow. And there we go. Across the board, um, actually, uh, higher than I thought, the average score is 5.2, starting from the bottom. Abram gave it a 4.1. I gave it a 5.0. Tanner gave it a 5.6, and Tucker gave it a 6.1. So pretty well, not two point spread. Not mm-hmm. not wide or close. Um, and that's interesting. I did not expect those points coming out from you, Tucker, or Tanner. Actually, little surprising
1: no? there. Hmm. I feel like I I thought I pretty accurately described my opinions that I that I thought it was charming and interesting and unique, and I I enjoyed a lot of elements of it, but I didn't personally. Connect to me because I thought that the character writing was weak. So you know, it's a good film, but nothing special. Mm-hmm. I thought you were gonna a give it a,
2: a seven. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Tucker. Why didn't you give it that particular score? No, well, maybe I. Because that's uh, not the score I would give. Timo, where does this movie go in the in the list? <laughs> this
0: movie is gonna go, a sandwiched in between *Chariots of Fire* and *The English Patient*. That sounds about right. Pretty above, uh, above and below which one? It is well sandwiched between. Um, Chariots of Fire is gonna go above it and the How Green Is My Valley will go at spot 52 um, replacing the English Patient so mm. yeah down there you go kind of down there at the bottom but there's many more films below it
2: that's yeah so, yeah and many more to come I'm sure <laughs>
0: <laughs> well we will get some yeah I mean yeah. Tucker you you summed up my thoughts pretty well on um, on based on this film I think it's charming. I think there's elements that I, I, I really like. And I wasn't like bored, but I do think it's middle of the road. I think that's, my, my, for me, it's a straight 5.0 because the needle just doesn't flip either way. It's gotta ride it right along the
3: ridge. That's totally reasonable.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Any final comments from you two? I would just say that it, this film is just a testament to me about how personally I need a script of of, of real substance to motivate a narrative like this for me. While I, I think a lot of films can s- skate by on their aesthetics for me if you're gonna try to tell a more like economically socially minded Like like village drama then I need that to be the strongest element of the film and yeah what, if the production ends up on top? Well, then that's great for the production But that's for me a pretty big negative for the for the quality of the film So I'd personally consider this to be a below average best picture winner And if you want to address that with me remember when you're writing your comment my name is Tucker.
2: <laughs> ah, yes. Yes, of course. Uh, I, I, my final thing is that village drama is my new favorite genre. <laughs>
1: that's, isn't that a band name?
2: Village drama? Village no, people. Village, that's the one. That's Same the thing. one. Oh, boy.
0: All right, so normally we would go visit the God of Random Chance to uh, figure out what film we're watching next. we go spin that wheel, Here are oh-so-sweet rhymes, but unfortunately actually not unfortunately it's time of it's the time of year for the best picture winners the nominees to be announced best for by the, the best
1: 2022 Oscars edition yeah yes Very soon so the second next annual
0: episode we will be talking about one of the nominees when this episode airs the results will not be out and so we don't know which film that is going to be but um, coming up, we're going to be talking about one of them nominees, and we will be spending the next, uh, couple weeks, about a month, I think, um, mm-hmm. well, more than a month. In more than a month. 2022 films, we're going to talk about all of them, all of the nominees, we're going to give our ranking of them, separate from our list, and then whatever one ends up winning, the, uh, the gods of the Academy, otherwise known as the voters, will pick for us <laughs> which film gets to go on the list, and then we'll get to talk about that. So. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no uh, random spin wheel this week. There's plenty of chance up in the air. The the gods of chance um, have not deserted us. We'll Mm -hmm. be back next time to talk about some film from this most recent year. Um, And I I do hope you join us. Good discussion on How Green Was My Valley. Kind of a wrap-up on this um, period of the year when we don't have Oscar films to talk about. More recent ones. Um, Mm -hmm. And so... We'll be, we'll be moving into our new era
2: for a little while, and better uh, than ending
1: on Tom Jones last year.
2: <laughs> yeah, I agree. Better than ending on Tom Jones. There you go. Uh, we'll be, but after Oscar, we'll be, we'll be blossoming from our cocoon into new men, ready to break back into the quest for the bestest. But first, it's Oscar season, baby. So if also, you huh? yes, Abram.
3: If, you, uh, if you're like me and you don't like the Oscars and you wish that we could just not have to deal with any of this horse shit, um, don't worry, we're not going to spend the next 10 weeks watching Nominee every week because True. we are sick bastards and if you were yes. here last year you would know that we are going to knock these puppies out a couple of weeks. You're going to get a lot of quests soon yeah. before we get to that winner.
2: this the, the series of nominees will be done before the Oscars ceremony when the winner is announced. Yep. We, are glutt- we are gluttons for your punishment and your enjoyment. So we will be reviewing each of the 10 before the winner is announced. Yep. So Thielen. hope
0: you are looking forward to that as much as I am. <laughs> I can't wait to find out what films are going to be in the slate for 2022. And as always, we'll be there to review them, to give our thoughts, because I'm sure we're going to have quite that, quite very many. Um, if, uh, if maybe Abrams' discussion of his top two films of this last year were <laughs> anything in, in, in this episode, we'll be there to talk about it. Thanks for joining me on How Green Was My Valley. We'll be back next week with Best Picture nominee number one. Peace. <gasps>